Welcome to The Marketer's Journey, a podcast that delivers real conversations and fresh perspectives from senior marketing executives who share the journey they've taken and the buyer journey they create. And now here's your host, Randy Frisch. Hey, marketers. Welcome to The Marketer's Journey. Today, I've got an amazing guest who's going to really zone in on topical ideas, and that's because we are living in this COVID crisis. My guest is Christoph Kutel. Christoph is the VP of Marketing at Element AI, but he has had true global experience living in Latin America, living in Paris, living in China for different roles. I'll let you listen in and, and hear about some of the scale of those companies he's operated in. And he hits on this, uh, this reality that I've been talking a lot about over the last number of weeks, and it's that you know, for, for those businesses that require a face-to-face human touch to close a deal, we're really having to shift our strategy. And he talks about this in the second half around, you know, two key things, which is being relevant and being able to move quickly. I actually did a number of webinars over the last number of weeks outside of this podcast with marketers who have talked a lot about that and that need to be able to adapt to what is going on with your customer and to ensure that what we're putting in front of them isn't going to get you to nod your head or turn your head altogether. We want someone to lean in right now. And to do that, it requires a new approach. With that, I will introduce you to Christoph. He'll tell you about his approach here on The Marketer's Journey. Hey, Christoph, thanks so much for making time today. Uh, you know, we are amid these unprecedented times. So we're both recording this from our homes and we've already commented on our backgrounds, but let's switch from what's in the background of us to how you got to this point in your career. And in your case, you are now the VP of marketing in a company called Element AI. Maybe tell us a little bit about how you got into that role and what it's all about. Yeah, well, thanks first uh, for having me here. Yeah, so I lead the marketing team at uh, LMNAI. LMNAI is a company that basically delivers uh, AI software solutions uh, to large enterprises, and that's based on a, on a platform that scales. The company is um, roughly 300 to 400 people at the moment. It depends on uh, whether you count interns, fellows, etc. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in charge of the marketing team, which is basically uh, divided into uh, two functions. One that is uh, called brand comms and digital that is acting as an internal agency and another one that is uh, uh, focusing on uh, demand generation and uh, product marketing, go-to-market activities. So that's interesting. So the, so they both roll into you, both of those two different marketing units, as, an exa- as, as you put it. Yeah, absolutely. That's how the, the team has been organized so far. In the, in the first one, you have specialized functions such as uh, web design, PR, social, paid media analytics, things like that. On the demand, uh, demand gen field marketing side, you have more people that are three, 360 marketers that are orchestrating campaigns. And their main, uh, their main KPI is to, uh, to contribute to the weighted pipeline. And just to clarify, because I, I'm, you know, Element AI being a Canadian company, I'm Canadian, I'm, I'm aware of it, but there is an element of helping customers with their marketing as well at Element AI. So is your marketing team focused on, the, on Element AI's marketing or also crossing over to helping some of your clients? No, uh, it's, it's really focusing on helping customers with uh, AI solutions. The company is addressing a specific vertical, let's say insurance, pharma, CPGs, or supply chain companies. And that's really the, the focus and leveraging AIs and some of the components that are well, well uh, d- developed and uh, well um, performing to, uh, 
to help uh, those companies streamline their, uh, their activities and their processes. Gotcha. So what I'd love to do is, uh, is help people understand tuning into this. How do you get to that VP level? You know, how do you progress? And looking back on your career, is there any specific things that you said, I'm going to go and take this risk. I'm going to go make sure someone knows about me that's allowed you to progress. And, you know, just, you know, for those who haven't checked Christoph out on LinkedIn, he's been with you know, really uh, amazing companies like Huawei, in you know, based out of China, though, which we'll we'll hit on, and then also uh, basically France Telecom for a number of years with different subsidiaries there. So you've been in VP roles for probably five plus years now. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And uh, yeah, I, I took a very holistic approach to the function. I would I would say, and I took several risks across my uh, career. The um, uh, holistic because, well, from a geographic standpoint, to your point, I've been uh, working and living in, uh, in Latin America, so Mexico, Central America, El Salvador, and then I spent uh, 10 years in China, seven years in Europe, and now uh, more than two years in, in Canada. So I have that, that global view of uh, the, the way uh, organizations do business. The, the second one is from a market standpoint. I think I've been dealing with both B2C and B2B markets and that gives me uh, you know that perspective of uh, addressing customer specific uh, high touch uh, b2b environments on the one hand but on the other hand also uh, be very much uh, data driven with uh, the b2c uh, approach the um, the third uh, dimension that i've been working on is the functional one because i've, I've been on marketing world but i started my, my career as a product manager then heading heading product management uh, then back to Europe, I was more on the sales side of things, like uh, with a bid manager role. Uh, moving into China, I was in charge of uh, branding, pricing, and uh, sales uh, enablement go-to-market for Huawei. And uh, and now I have a, a really a 360 view of the of the marketing role. And I think all of those dimensions have actually helped me build that uh, that 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 competence. And yeah, that's kind of a a logic uh, continuity of uh, what, I've, what I've done in the past. Well, you're definitely one of the, the most well-rounded marketers I've spoken to in some time, as you described that, the B2B balance to the B2C, but even just the, the global awareness that you've had by, by being in a you know, combination of Latin America, Paris, China, and now Canada. I'm not going to ask you to pick your favorite country, partly because I'd be insulted if it wasn't Canada. Yeah. Um, but, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about, you know, working in a company of the scale of Hawaii. And I don't even know if I ever pronounced the name right. Am, mm. am I doing it any justice? No, mm. terrible. I'll let well, you pronounce well. it in a moment. But maybe talk about, you know, living in China, but, you know, some of the markets that you were trying to serve there and, you know, being a, a, a global marketer and what that did for you in your career. Yeah, so the, the Huawei experience was definitely uh, extremely um, uh, insightful from that standpoint. Um, the, the role was a truly global role. Actually, all, I was addressing all markets except uh, China. I speak conversational Mandarin, but at that time, I was not uh, fluent enough to be uh, talking and engaging with uh, Chinese customers. So the role was really about serving you know, the, the biggest customers of Huawei, which are basically uh, telcos. And uh, those are um, 
very uh, demanding customers. They have always uh, very specific needs because uh, on the one hand, all networks are different from each other. Even for the smartphone uh, side of the business, they always have requirements in terms of personalization of the software that they need. So uh, that was a, a truly global and, uh, and really high touch environment. The, um, so I, I'm curious because, you know, first of all, the global aspect of marketing there and thinking about the scale is interesting, but you, know, you hit on one aspect of just getting to China and having very basic language skill. And I think for a lot of marketers who are sitting here or sitting at home right now saying, whenever we can get back to exploring the world, I want to get out of not just my apartment, maybe my city. But how do you overcome that fear of, of coming into a workplace where it's a different language, different culture? What, are, what were some of the keys for you in settling into a leadership role with all those unknowns? Well, first, it, um, I was driven by curiosity. Huawei actually tried to uh, recruit me initially in Europe because precisely I had a very uh, comprehensive and holistic understanding of the business of uh, their customers. I was not necessarily interested by, by that, but then when they proposed me to uh, join them in, in Shenzhen, in the headquarter, then I was truly uh, interested. And it's true that at the very beginning, I was playing a role of uh, very much customer facing and engaging with, uh, with customers. But then I've been uh, given the opportunity by uh, one of the top guys at, at Huawei to, to lead uh, the marketing team for one of their uh, business units, which was uh, Core Network. And there I was facing uh, 600 salespeople around the world and basically providing kind of uh, expertise and support to. Uh, so I was, I was spending a very significant amount of time with uh, customers at that time, roughly 30 to 40 percent, engaging with them and explaining the solutions and getting that feedback so that we can better fine tune the, the messaging for the, uh, for the upcoming ones. So that was uh, basically the, the role. Very interesting. So how do you think about how your career may head down, down the future? I mean, you've had this global perspective of companies and at such scale, Element AI is a smaller company, you know, a lot of growth potential, obviously in the AI space, but how do you think about, you know, your path as a VP today, you know, CMO perhaps down the line, you know, what, what are some of the important things for you that you're trying to establish now to continue that, that career journey? Well, first, it, uh, it's been a very interesting journey at, at Element AI because since the inception of the company, you know, 2018, when I joined, the, the brand was already there, but I think 2018 was really a focus on uh, building the brand and the company. I will just share uh, one number here. The company received a uh, 28,000 CVs in 2018. That's a huge amount of uh, wow. uh, candidates for a company of that, of that size. So that, that shows the, the brand was really strong. 2019, we started to pivot at the, to more customer-centric activities and focusing on uh, demand generation. And in 2020, as the company has a, a very um, clear focus on uh, where to go to market uh, and with uh, which solutions, now it's about running highly surgical campaigns, highly high-touch campaigns to generate the right demand so that the conversion ratios are uh, increasing at the same time. So next step, well, I, uh, I don't know. I would, uh, I would obviously evolve um, to uh, something that is um, more related to growth 
to cheap growth or or or, or revenue. Um, so that's that would be a natural uh, next step for me. Gotcha. Well, Christoph, we're going to keep going here, but we're going to take a short break. And after that break, we're going to dig a little outside of just your career journey, but some of the philosophies that you've gained along the way. We'll be back here to explore the buyer journey you create on the marketer's journey. Want to create high converting experiences for your demand strategies that accelerate pipeline and drive revenue? Look no further than our presenting sponsor, Uberflip. Named a leader in content experience by G2 and a leader in content activation by Forrester, Uberflip will help you accelerate every buyer journey by creating bingeable experiences that will allow your prospects to consume more content faster. Companies like Trimble, Wiley, and Stantec are using Uberflip to power their go-to-market strategies and we created one just for you head to uberflip.com journey to see how uberflip can help you leverage the power of personalized content experiences to drive demand hey christoph we are back we talked about the global element of your career no intended double element there but the global side of your career where you've traveled and you've been to all different places and it it kind of contrasts with what you and i have been talking about is the world we're in today where we can't travel we can't get on a plane when it comes to marketing we can't get in front of our customers and as marketing leaders for both of us and i'm sure many people listening to this podcast you know we're trying to figure out what is that new normal how have you rallied your team around this yeah, so that's a very interesting question that uh, we've been spending a lot of time on uh, recently. So whether it's uh, Huawei or Element AI, those are in the B2B market, two very high-touch environments. The number of customers at Huawei were in the hundreds, and at Element AI, it's in the perhaps the thousands, but not more than that. So it's a really uh, it's an extremely uh, high-touch high touch approach, just to give you um an anecdote here, uh, one of the first words that I learned in Chinese was kohu, which means customer. I was hearing that all the time, and, and, and that really uh, shows the, the customer centricity the company uh, has. So being extremely high touch, it's important to be meeting face-to-face with, uh, with customers. And currently, we, we don't have that last mile. That last mile just vanished overnight with, uh, with the COVID crisis, and uh, it's really important for companies to be able to react and to uh, adapt their marketing plans to this new normal. So I would, uh, I would say that um, there are two, two essential components to this um, new plan. The, the first one is to be extremely timely. And I think, you know, at the beginning of the crisis, you've been probably receiving a, a lot of uh, news related to the, the coronavirus. And if you were receiving any news related to uh, you know, product sales or business as usual, they, they sounded a bit, a bit off. So it was Absolutely. extremely important at the beginning to uh, embrace that uh, movement, that dynamic, and to be useful. So you have to be uh, useful in the way you're helping your customers, but you have, you have to be uh, useful with the society at large. Even So that's why Element AI, for instance, uh, decided to uh, use one of, uh, of its solutions to um, enable researchers to search a database of uh, scientific articles related to, to COVID so that it accelerates the, the resolution of, uh, of, of cases. So that's something, uh, that's the, one of the initiatives that's been taken by the company to be uh, to be before, 
Before you get to the second, I've got a question on, on that aspect of timeliness. And it's, it's something I've been talking to a lot of marketers about. And, and I think it's the ones who were able to adapt their messaging, as you said, who are, you know, still, we're still willing to look at their emails. But at the same time, there's this risk of COVID fatigue, if you will, you know, where we're going to get tired of hearing about it. And, you know, to give perspective, I, I just heard recently, and, and to date this podcast a bit, we're recording this, you know, late April, early May, and Dreamforce, Salesforce's big event, a massive conference has been moved to virtual. And that's not, that's not for like five, six months from now. So this is not going to go away anytime soon. So what is your perspective on, yes, we have to adapt to COVID, but how long are we going to still make everything about COVID versus try and get back to what is our regular messaging and how does it weave into the the current norm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think it shouldn't be the, 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 the focus point of the conversation, but it has to be an input parameter. And I think the, the focus has to be on how companies will be able to uh, live and, and expand and grow, taking into account that new uh, reality. So that's really the, the focus of the thought leadership pieces that marketers have to produce. It's not really about the the crisis itself, but it's really about taking that as an input and see how we can uh, better adapt to, uh, to, keep, uh, to keep going. Uh, just another quick question on that. You know, you described at the beginning of the podcast that you've got these two teams, one's more brand and comms and one is more demand gen. You know, I think for a lot of companies who have gone through years of selling whatever they've been selling, those teams just know what to, what to pump out. Now you got to bring those teams together to both rethink messaging, right? It's, it's got to come from both sides versus this existing cycle. You know, what have you been doing to pull those teams together to rethink, you know, as, as the leader of those teams right now? Are, are you having regular calls? Are you, you know, brainstorm sessions? How are you going about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They need to be uh, extremely in, in sync. And when, when I said the brand comes team is actually, uh, and I think I mentioned that at the beginning, it's, uh, it's working as an internal agency for the rest of the company. So obviously it's serving the demand gen uh, team, but it's also supporting other stakeholders within the companies. Uh, LMNA is investing a lot in research and we're, we're talking a lot about what we do in research. We are uh, in uh, the companies investing a lot in, uh, in public policies as well, and we're activating that as well as part of the brand com. So that, that team is really uh, the expertise where you have all the social PR design, web, etc. that is supporting the rest of the of the company. So and and you're absolutely right that the messaging that that team is giving, representing the whole company, has to be translated into the different solutions and the different verticals that are driven by the, the dimension uh, marketers. Gotcha. So uh, hopefully I've been taking you too far off track there. You said that there were two items. You hit on the first one, which is adjusting that message. What was the second one? I mentioned the first one is to be timely. The second one is to be uh, extremely relevant. So it's a lot about uh, personalizing the messaging, making sure we're uh, understanding the exact context and needs of the, of the customers. So it's really about um, making sure that we have a holistic view, not only of the, the company itself, but also of the people that we're addressing, especially with the new technologies. Uh, you need to address both the users and the buyers. Those are two different 
profiles of people that deserve uh, different campaigns, different messaging, etc. So the, uh, the 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 second one is really about uh, reaching that one-to-one, almost conversational marketing dream that every marketer has, and uh, to make sure that we're uh, we're reaching that level of granularity. So timely is important, but uh, relevance and uh, high high personalization is uh, as well as important. Absolutely, and you know, for anyone. In the last year, who is getting fatigue of the term ABM, they're probably going to, going to hear more of, of that term of account-based marketing, as you say, Christoph, getting more of that one-to-one mentality in terms of how we approach people right now. Because otherwise, as you said, you know, we're going to get that email and we're going to tune it out if it's not relevant to what's happening in the world, what's happening with you know, our company and why we may need those vendors. So couldn't agree more with that. This has been great. We, you know, fortunately, I know you're available to stick around for a couple more minutes with some bonus coverage. We're going to talk about how you take breaks. Before that, we'll take a break ourselves and be back here on The Marketer's Turn. All right, Christoph, welcome back to the podcast. We have a couple of minutes left here, and I'd love to understand, especially with your global view of the world and how many places you've lived, how do you take breaks from companies? And when you do, where are you? Well, that's a that's a very good one. I actually, I do uh, I do two things. The first time is I spend time on my own, and then I spend time with others, especially if those others have a different profile and mindset. And mindset. So on my own, uh, I'll just give you an example. Last year, after the fundraise announcement, it was a very uh, heavy period at work. I, I just took a a long weekend and I, I went uh, just by myself. Uh, I'm a surfer, so I, I went surfing in, uh, in Costa Rica for five days, just on my own, spending five, six hours per day in the, in the water. So that's, uh, that's, that's the, the one. Amazing. Where in, where in Costa Rica? In uh, Tamarindo. Nice. Good stuff. I love Nassara personally, but Tamarindo is beautiful too. And then uh, here in Montreal, I, I run. I run an average of uh, thirty kilometers per week. So that's what I'm doing on my on my own. When I spend time with uh, with others, it's mostly um, with uh, with my kids. They have ski lessons during the winter every Saturday. So we uh, we leave Montreal early in the morning. They take their ski lessons, and then we ski together the rest of the day, and we come back in the evening. That's uh, that's nice. great. I also like to spend uh, time with. Uh, my friends, the, some of them close ones are, are here in, in Canada and others are in France or a bit more remote or wherever I've been living before. I'm trying to keep in touch with, uh, with those people. And uh, yeah, I, I like to um, keep seeing the world through uh, those different lenses, either because people are coming from different geographies or because they have a, a completely different uh, mindset and, and, and job than, than I have. So that's, that's what I do to keep my mind fresh. Love it. Well, more, now more than ever, that's super important. And uh, Christoph, you've definitely got different perspectives from all the places you've been in your career and all the, the ways you've seen the, the journey need to be adapted. So I thank you for sharing that today. If people have enjoyed listening into this podcast and hearing this perspective, tune in to some of the other guests that we've had, listen to their journeys. This has been the Marketer's Journey podcast. Thank you for sharing along the way. And thank you to Christoph today. Thanks to you. 
You've been listening to the Marketer's Journey podcast. Big thanks to our sponsors at Uberflip, who help you fuel demand generation with content for an accelerated buyer journey. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify at uberflip.com slash podcast or anywhere you listen to podcasts.